0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniella.
1: And I'm Lori. And this is our very first podcast episode. Yay! <laughs> Today, we want all of you, our listeners, to get to know us, who we are, and why we are starting this new journey.
0: We are so excited to provide you with great content that will help you grow your business and hopefully bring some joy and a little bit of laughter to your day.
1: So without further ado, let's get started.
0: All right, we're doing this, Lori. It's our first episode. We're doing this podcast thing.
1: Crazy. Here we are. I'm very excited.
0: I feel like we've been talking about it.
1: Yeah, for some time. And I think going live was really nice and, um, you know, starting to connect with a potential future audience. And yeah, I'm happy to get it going.
0: I think everyone's excited too.
1: I know it's I different.
0: Sure.
1: I'm hoping so. I hope we can bring something new to the table um, for the people in our community. And like we've mentioned before, I think we approach our biz- businesses in different ways. And uh, we both have different success and weaknesses within our structure. So I think it'll be really fun to kind of go from there.
0: Absolutely. So a lot of you have come to us and asked us for a formal introduction as to who we are and how we got started and what we're doing within our business and outside of our business. So Lori and I have um, expressed who we are in many different ways on many different platforms. We've been on podcasts. For example, we've been on a reseller's passion podcast. That's Leslie Tucker, where Mm -hmm. we deep dive into who we are, Um, And Leslie asks us a bunch of questions about how we got started and where we are in our business. So definitely check her out um, and see what that's all about. But um, some of you guys might be new and don't know who we are. So we want to make sure we give everyone the opportunity to get to know us for who we really are as people, not just as resellers. Um, And we hope you enjoy what we have to say and, you know, spark, spark something in there. Um, So Lori, Why don't you start and tell the people who you are, where you got started, how you got started, and a little bit about where you are now in your journey.
1: Sure, sure. I'll try to give somewhat of an abbreviated version, but let everybody in on um, how I got here. So I think I've been, like many people, on and off reselling for many years. Um, I think my first big sale was on eBay. I was living out in San Francisco and... I had been selling Mary Kay for a few years and ready to kind of close that chapter in my life. But I had all this excess inventory. And so my husband and I got an account on eBay. I was pregnant with my firstborn. And um, we just wanted to unload it before we moved back east. So my husband listed it. I think we sold this huge lot, for like $450 Oh and wow. moved home. And I had a baby. Yeah, it was I was pretty impressed, and it was kind of like the Wild West at that point. We really didn't know if we were going to get paid. Um, Wait, it was, it was, was just, this
0: when I, eBay was like the cash option, the money order, like all of that? Because that's when I got started too.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't even remember the details of it um, back then, but I know there was no PayPal. So no, there was definitely no PayPal.
0: <laughs> Actually, I don't remember how I got paid either, now that you say that.
1: I have no recollection. It I must could have just deposited
0: right into our checking accounts. I really don't remember.
1: Something tells me it was a check that we like waited. And then when it cleared, we sent the stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It was literally 20 years ago. My son was born in April of 99. So over 20 years ago. So that was that I moved home. Never really thought about eBay for some time. I worked, um, I, I was home with Anthony. I was a teacher by trade, got my master's in special ed out in San Francisco, um, Taught out there, but when I moved home, wanted to stay home, and we kind of made ends meet by having one car and you know never eating out and all that fun stuff. We wanted to be close to home. We we're both from Central Massachusetts, and our family we were high school sweethearts, so our parents are in the same town. So we moved back home, and I was home. I did creative memory scrapbooking. Do you remember that? Do you know that company, Danielle? Uh, I do. Oh seriously! Oh, that's so. Funny. <laughs> no, I
0: really have no idea. I have no idea what that is. Um, oh wow! I, I had mentioned it previously, but I don't know what that is.
1: Okay, so it's like another direct sales company where I would like okay. teach people how to like creatively crop their photos and share their memories in photo albums. And they were like, "Oh, okay." Crazy amount of supplies. I mean, you see it like in the in the craft aisle now in Michaels. But I did that for like ten. Oh, years.
0: okay. Wait, I know what you're talking about now. They have okay. like a whole area dedicated.
1: Yeah, there's like a whole aisle of scrapbook stuff. But at the time, there really wasn't really much out there. I mean, we're talking 99, like 20 years ago. So um, the woman who I did my student teaching with introduced it to me. So like I signed on and it was a way to get out of the house, make a little money, that sort of thing. So I did that on and off for 10 years. And then um, we moved even closer to um, family. When my daughter Angelina was born, I have three children, Anthony, Angelina Rocco. Anthony is a junior. At Penn State. Angelina is a senior in high school and my baby Rocco is 15. He's a sophomore in high school. So little
0: Italian babies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What gave it away? (laughs) Um, Yes. So, um,
1: I worked at, I substitute Todd for a while. I worked at American girl on and off. Um, American Girl doll store opened in 2008, and I worked part-time there. And then after about four and a half years, I left, and I actually started to sell on eBay for a while. Um, I think the most I sold was like 15 to 18 items in one week, but I had no idea about the community. Went back to American Girl, and then one of my dear friends I worked with at American Girl, who was more of an acquaintance at the time, was saying she was quitting her job to move to Pittsburgh to be a reseller full time. And I said, what the heck is a reseller? Like (laughs) having done it, you know, right. Right. Honestly, but not knowing
0: it had that title,
1: no idea. Um, And I had sold things on Craigslist and, you know, I was pretty comfortable with it. Um, I had sold a few of my daughter's things on eBay, like on and off. Like I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know it had a title. And she's like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm doing it full time. I had no idea. Um, she is the bins Queen, uh, Rafaela Esposito.
0: So, she's so funny. She just reached out to me, actually, the other night, and we had a great conversation. Oh,
1: did she really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. she's yeah, so, super
0: sweet. Super
1: sweet. I mean, she's like almost half my age, and I just remember she was like the the lead in the department who would come over and help me like when the iPad wasn't working when I was trying to check people into the doll hair salon. <laughs> I'd be like, Raphaela, come help me. I was like the old lady who couldn't figure out the technology. Some things haven't changed. But
0: uh, <laughs> But you're not old. Oh, no,
1: so. I'm really not. But, you know, compared to her, who was like yeah. making this huge move to um, to start this new adventure. And I thought, wow, she's gutsy. And wow, I'm like super jealous <laughs> because I would love to do that. So. Um, I had signed up for Parshmark in twenty sixteen, but never ever used the app even once. And so it was twenty eighteen august of twenty eighteen um when I started kind of reselling formally and literally called Rafaela every day. Like when I think of the questions I asked her, she was so patient with me, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: which kind of is like, that was my intro into the reseller world. I followed her on Instagram. I was really into empty Hanger Jenna, I feel like taught me everything I knew in the beginning and um, yeah. And and then I, I became more serious about it, left American girl in January and decided that I wanted to, do this more, and then August of this year, I went full time and started my YouTube channel February of 2019, and that's grown a little bit too. So yeah, it's just been it's been a whirlwind actually.
0: I was gonna say it's so crazy because when you when you talk about that, like you really just started your YouTube channel, and that's really what you're known for, Lori, is the content that you're putting out there. So I feel like like that's that's hmm. how I met you, right? Like I was yeah Googling different resellers and. I don't remember what it was I typed in. I might've typed in like New Hampshire bins or something like that to see if there was anything out there about the New Hampshire bins. Cause I had never been and I was going and I right. feel like you popped up and then I started watching all of your videos and then I reached out to you. So it's so funny how something so small, like a YouTube video, can grow not only your community, but your reselling business. Yeah. and,
1: And I have to say, Daniela, that was the number one comment I got was, oh, my gosh, I live in Rhode Island. Oh, my goodness. I was at those bins last week. And and I never really thought about it because I watched, you know, Street Savvy over in Colorado and, you know, people in Los Angeles. And I didn't really think twice about it. I was just kind of like, oh, well, I'm over here on the East Coast doing my thing. And that was like the number one thread that um, kept coming back where the people in my area who were really excited about the new Hampshire bins, like who would think, you know? And um, yeah,
0: I, well, I think it's, and we've talked about it before, but like the Northeast, New England in general, like it's untapped territory underrepresented on underrepresented,
1: I would say on social media and like totally the way, you know, when you, you mentioned Leslie earlier, Leslie flew up to, from Delaware to meet with a group of, you know, Boston area, New England resellers. And Daniela, you put me in contact with Leslie. And then Leslie invited me to that podcast meeting. And that was the first time ever I even met any other resellers. And that was just in November of this year. Like it wasn't that long ago. So I had been doing it for over a year without ever having really I've never been to a passion sip. I never w- I, I have not been to. Well,
0: true story, neither have I. Like, I've never been to it. That was my first event. And I think, not to get off topic, but like the whole idea of a passion sip, like, like I could have a whole conversation about this. Like, I don't like the idea of a passion sip. I like the meet and greet. I like, like, here's a bunch of people from the same area just getting together and just having a good time. And it's not labeled as anything, right? And I think that's why we enjoyed it so much. It was literally just a group of us hanging out it was really nice
1: and to be honest with you I I don't know what makes a passion sip a passion sip and what made what we did different from it like I love what we did you know and I agree And we met so many, like so many different people from the area and they're doing fun and exciting things. And I just, and then when I was rebranding, like I was just Lori Tata and, um, I I was like, I thought about my name for over a year and then, and, and I, it just more and more, it became apparent that I had to somehow incorporate where I was from in my name. And that was kind of where Boston found came up, um, or Lori's Boston found, there is a Boston found posh on Poshmark. There and she is. reached there out is. to me. Yeah. She reached out to me. She was so sweet and actually she, she had it first, you know, and, um, but I, I just, I connected with the name and um, I wanted my name still in there because I had kind of established myself a little bit on, on YouTube. It's funny because you had um, you have a presence on Instagram and, you know, for a long time I had, I mean, to this day, I, I have double or triple, the followers on YouTube than I have on Instagram. I I don't really have a huge Instagram following.
0: I feel like I mean it's the same on, on no matter what platform you're on, right? Like there's one that just takes off over the other. I'm more comfortable on Instagram than I think I would ever be on YouTube. So for me, it's mm. easy for me to create images or you know post photos of myself or, or items that I'm finding and you know being creative with the hashtags and tagging different things. Like for me, that's I'm comfortable with that. Um, you're so good at it I mean
1: you have like such a beautiful aesthetic and well
0: I worked in marketing too so it's like I feel like it's part of my background which I I theoretically should be comfortable in front of the camera and I am but I feel like YouTube is that other step that I don't know if I'm ready to take yet um Mm. I don't know but yeah I mean we each have a following but in different ways and but now the followers are kind of coming together which is really really fun to see like some of you guys have reached out to me that that uh, know Lori personally or been following Lori and vice versa. So it's really, really nice to see that happening. And just all these people coming together because Lori and I are just vocalizing more and doing things together and, and, and highlighting like what it's like out here in new England to do what we do. So it's
1: It's actually a lot of fun. I think it is (laughs) shopping in new England.
0: I have to agree. I, if you've never thrifted or sourced up this way, like it, you, you need to because there's so much so much and I
1: haven't really sourced one of the things that I actually love to do is any chance I get to source when I travel which I don't travel a lot but my husband has a job that requires some travel so if I'm fortunate enough to have the time that I can get away and I can get my mom here to be with the kids and watch the dogs and all the stars align I love to thrift on the go. And you know, like I've thrifted in Connecticut and New York City, I've been to the bins in Queens, and that was an entirely different experience mm-hmm. than um what I experienced typically in New Hampshire. And um I've been to the bins in Camden and when we went college um shopping, <laughs> looking at different colleges with mm-hmm. my daughter Angie, we were down in South Carolina. And um, it's been really fun to experience the bins in different areas and connect with people that way too. And it and it you really have to get the lay of the land once you get in there. Even the even the bins in Boston, right, Daniela? So different oh my God. than New so Hampshire. Different. So different. So
0: different. And I mean, honestly, we could have a whole podcast episode just on the bins mm-hmm. around here because it is so different from one state to another. So in Rhode Island, we don't have bins. Um, I have to travel out into Mass or New Hampshire or Connecticut, which isn't terribly far. I mean, we're all fairly close to each other here in New England. If I have to drive two hours, it's not the end of the world. But it's just... It's just interesting, too, how everything is evolving, and you know, I know we'll talk about this, but just even, like, the whole sourcing, everything, everything is changing. I feel like this whole year has been a year of change, and but for the good.
1: I agree, and I think fashion in general, and I'm, like, far from, like, a fashion plate or anything, but, I mean, what was really hot when I started in August it, you know, you wait six months, like that trend is gone. And like, you kind of have to be anticipating what is coming next. And, um, and sourcing is evolving a lot too. I mean, when I went to the bins for the first time, it like, maybe like when you were looking for something on the New Hampshire bins, I, you know, you heard it was, it was this real mystery and it was only like a little over a year ago, but, um, there were people who went, but, even like somebody like a street savvy who everybody knew shopped at the bins. Like she didn't record her experience at the bins. You just kind of saw the hall. So I was really eager to find something that showed people at the bins and like, Oh, what do I have to wear? And I better have gloves and a mask. And you know, like, yep, I agree. Um, and it was, it was this big mystery. And now when you search YouTube for, for like Goodwill outlets, Goodwill bins, I mean, Hundreds, I feel like a videos pop up like they're not all of the same caliber,
0: but I feel like
1: they're much more accessible. They're not so mysterious anymore one year out.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree. And I think it's. It's fun to to watch your journey because even in the short span of time that we've been friends, you have or you've changed so much just in these last few months you know have I really it, how have yeah, I changed? But, but in the <laughs> but in a good way, like your business itself, the way you look at your business, the way that I think you carry the business, like you actually view it as a business mm-hmm. it's this is your full time job and these are the things that you need to get done and accomplish in order to be successful and I feel like there's been a little bit of a switch like you know you're not just creating content on YouTube to create it like there's a purpose to it now. That's, I mean, true. that's the waste way to put it like you have a purpose behind what you're doing compared to when you first started it was more of like okay yeah I've done this and like I've oh this will it. be
1: fun like I yeah, yeah like
0: at first i I don't even know what my
1: motivation was I honestly don't know but that first video that I did and I recorded the wrong way like I rec- recorded it like vertically on my but phone who
0: doesn't do that no first YouTube, I know but right? I just
1: was so I didn't know how to post it like how, how does this go live like it was a lot of yeah. that stuff but um yeah I well, think that's so- gonna be
0: my dilemma with this podcast <laughs> how am I gonna edit it now <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am complete <laughs> faith
1: in you and just so everybody knows like Daniela is like the brains behind this like she <laughs> approached me about doing this and she is like a young whippersnapper, like like
0: you, just, I'm not that like, young. Well, no,
1: I don't know, but I mean, yeah, no, you know what? I feel like it's in twenty years you'll be the same works. way. I think it's your personality more so yeah. than your age. It's your personality, and um, and it's just it's inspiring to me because you get things done, you make decisions very fast, and um, like, well,
0: because if I don't make them fast, I'm going to change my mind.
1: So, <laughs> and we <laughs> might be a really good partnership because I'm like you seem like a nice person, sure. let's do a podcast.
0: like you seem safe.
1: <laughs> and you're gonna do all the hard work, and I'm gonna talk. and that sounds great. Sure, let's do it. Like I didn't really think it through too much. and I have no regrets, you know, um but same.
0: I mean, it's fine. It works. It's who we are, like, you edit your YouTube videos, and there's gonna be times that I'm gonna be on a YouTube channel, and I'm not gonna sit there and edit that video. I have no interest. So mm. you know what I mean? It kind of. I don't know
1: why it. I'm a little obsessive about editing. Like, and I think it makes me mad that I'm not better at it. But I, but I because like because of edit. all
0: the bloggers and stuff that are out there. It's all you see is perfection. So it's like no, oh, they're so you, damn
1: good. They're so yeah, good. They, their they hire camera people. angles and
0: their music. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they have hired people to Today. help. Like they hire people they come out they have videographers that stand there and, and take it for them like you with their hair that.
1: blowing in the wind <laughs> on a sailboat like <laughs> i don't know like even oh, wow. like one of the things i have to put out soon is like uh you know blo- vlogging as a youtuber because every vlogging video like i have a canon m50 that is safely collecting dust in the bottom drawer of my desk very good place for it Yes, I'm. You know, I'm keeping it nice and safe for when I decide to vlog, which is one of my goals in 2020. But I try to watch videos like, okay, beginners with an M50, and there are like a million reviews on the M50 versus blah blah blah. And this is how you get started. And this is really great because when you're on a boat, it's not motion (laughs) sensitive. And I'm like Jesus. Like I I very practical. Yes. So I feel like I need to somehow. You know, that's one of the things on like the technical end of reselling in YouTube and how, like for people who want to start a YouTube channel, because it was really, it was hard for me because, yeah. you know, just, just to get it going. But um, yeah, I need to work on that.
0: You will work on it. What Put it on your 2020 list. So let's
1: hear your story, Daniela. Tell us about you.
0: So I have been reselling without even knowing it since I was 16 years old. Wow. Yeah, for a while. So I used to do like what a lot of people do, right? You find stuff in your house that you don't use anymore, or that you know are worth good money, and you want to either buy something new and upgrade, or you want to pay something off, or you know, whatever it is, right? There's always some type of like, money related thing that's attached to it, right? So I've always done that, whether it was to pay for um, textbooks when I was in college, whether it was to help my parents out, whether, you know, whatever it was, whatever motivating factor it was that you're Correct. like, you know, so no I don't matter need what that it was sweater. That point, yep. It was, I just, I'm going to sell this on Craigslist. I'm going to sell this on eBay. I'm going to sell this on Amazon because at the time Amazon was not what it was today. Um, I sold a lot of my textbooks oh, on there and everything. Yeah. It was almost a little different then. Um, do you remember half.com? Yes, Hap. I do com. Haff. 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 Yeah, I do. It was like a book thing, right? Okay. Yeah, Textbooks. yeah. The and then there was Chegg.com was another one. I used to sell my books on there too.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I never went back to the bookstore and sold my books because I would never get anything for them because they were out of the plastic, you know, like that. Right. That's the reason that they give you. So I spent $300 on it, but they were only going they were going to give me 50 bucks. So why am I ever going to send it there? So anyway, so yes, I've been reselling for a long time. But to backtrack a little bit more, so um, like Lori, I am Italian. I'm first generation. My parents were born in Italy. My mom came over here when she was nine, and my dad came here later in life. He was 24 when he first came to visit, met my mom, awesome. and the rest is kind of history. Awesome. Yeah, but fun fun story. They're actually from the same town. They're four and a half years apart, and they knew each other. But when my, my mom moved away so young, and she was in Switzerland for a little bit, because that's where the jobs were and um, my dad was always in Italy and later on in life had gone to Switzerland for job purposes and stuff so they knew each other without really knowing it and my grandmother was very good friends with uh, my grandmother who is my mom's mom sorry I should clarify Yeah, and that's my nonna so if you ever hear anyone mentioning nonna that's who that is um, <laughs> but my other nonna my my dad's mom um, was very good friends with my nonna who's still alive today so you know it's all full circle right so
1: that's incredible.
0: They meet, they get married, right. They're here in America and, you know, trying to live out the American dream. My dad owned his own um, business. He was a mechanic with a good friend of his and my mom works for the school department. So I come from very hardworking parents, very hardworking family. Same with my grandparents. They hustled. They did what they had to do to come to this country Mm -hmm. and make a better life for their families. So, I can totally see that in you, Daniela. Yeah. And I think that's where like a lot of my attributes come from is just how I grew up. I mean, my dad worked two or three jobs and he would be at the garage all day, come home, shower really quick, eat, and then go bartend at the Italian club or go do another event somewhere else. And I mean, he would work until midnight, come home, sleep and wake up at 6am and do it all over again. So I grew up with that. So that entrepreneur lifestyle has always been embedded in me. And I knew at a very young age that I wanted to either own my own business or open up a store. Like I always used to say, I want to open up a boutique of clothing that was, that's made in Italy. Like I wanted to do something. Oh,
1: That would be yeah. fun.
0: And that might still be something that I do, you know, I don't I'd know. Come shop there. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to shop right. there, but where would I, where would I put It's really the <laughs> question. There's so much competition, but anyway. Um, so I, am a teacher by trade. I have my bachelor's degree in psychology and my master's degree is in education, specializing in teaching the visually impaired. So I am fluent in braille. I did teach. Yeah. So I did teach for about 10 years. Um, some things happened in my life, uh, that kind of took me away from teaching Um, I had some family things going on too. My father um, became very sick and was diagnosed with cancer and unfortunately passed away last year. So um, there were a lot of things that went on that kind of put me in another direction. Um, I did work in retail, I should add this, for 14 years of my life. So a lot of my marketing experience came from that. Um, The organizing of goods, how to display goods, what to put as a background like a lot of the stuff that I put into my Poshmark closet I learned when I worked in retail
1: that's really exciting I love that like the visual department like that you know
0: right and so I've always had this business aspect to me right no matter what I did I felt like I, I didn't always belong where I was because another piece of me wanted to do something else if that makes sense absolutely like Like, I'm happy where I am now, where I'm working now, and what I'm doing now. I I work um, for the state, and I'm very happy doing what I do. But I think I'm also more, I feel more fulfilled because I've taken reselling to that next level in my life. Um, Yeah, this is
1: kind of always tugging you. Yeah, I feel like there's always that
0: aspect in my life that's just kind of like, you need to be doing something else. And I think Mm -hmm. I figured it out kind of like I I definitely want to keep reselling Yeah, I don't know in what capacity because I've kind of done some different things but I also that teacher in me also wants to share my knowledge and help other people and bring people together like that's just who I am Um, for sure I mean I'm amazed at like you're it's
1: like six degrees of separation with like you in the center of so much of it like yeah. <laughs> it's just like the people you talk to that that you bring together and yeah. it, it's really impressive even on your Instagram posts like you're constantly shouting out other people go check out their page or if you're not following this person like you have a gift for building community like Leslie I think I mean both of you are wonderful
0: well thank you I mean Liz is on a totally different caliber than I am I feel like She's been doing
1: well, I mean, she too. Well, yeah. I mean, she has her podcast and stuff and she's, she's phenomenal at, at that too. But I, I mean, I see similarities that, yeah. and I do really appreciate in general, the people who don't have that like scarcity mentality that there's like enough to go around. And oh, and yeah. I think well, you and I talked about that too. Like, let's lift people up, you know, and stay and positive. That's, and
0: that's the premise, I think, of this whole podcast is like, we have some knowledge, but you who are listening might have other knowledge and you might reach out to us and be like, Hey, we really, I know I really love this topic that you talked about. Um, I just want to add this to it as well. And it might start a completely different conversation, you know, and, and there's just why keep it to yourself is kind of my thing. And mm-hmm. again, I think that's the teacher and me, the educator. Like I want to constantly learn, and but I also want you to learn, um, Thus, yes. we have a podcast.
1: There um, we go. Right. And that is one thing about this. Like, no matter how much you know about fashion or what sells, I think because fashion changes so much, because oh yeah, reselling changes so much, because technology changes so much. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think if anybody is interested in this, they will ever get bored with it
0: no I mean let alone just in the last 28 minutes we've gone about 18 different directions (laughs) so if you're still with us props (laughs) to you you. (laughs) because this is how every podcast episode is going to be we just talk and that's really honestly (laughs) just pause for a second we're literally just going to talk to you as if you're sitting with us like that's what this is about we don't want it to be like this super formal thing like there'll be some formality to it of course so there's structure but we want you to feel like you're you're sitting in the room with us, and we're having a conversation with like you. Like you're
1: sitting in our villa, yes,
0: in our little <laughs> villa where all the thrifters and entrepreneurs. We
1: call it Thrifters Villa, <laughs> but we close our eyes and we picture it like in the middle of Tuscany, and everybody is yeah. in yes, and we're breaking bread and drinking wine.
0: Yes, right. Looking over the ocean.
1: Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Maybe we're in, maybe we're in Capri somewhere. Anyway, back <laughs> to to my story. Um, So yeah, I have a full-time job. So reselling is quote-unquote part-time for me. But when you really break down the hours, if you're a part-time seller, I highly recommend you write down your hours and what you're doing because I guarantee it's more than part-time. I don't recommend writing down your hours. (laughs) (laughs) That is scary. (laughs) But but really, if you really want to know if you're part-time or full-time, I'm part-time in quotations, but I'm really full-time. The amount of work and the amount of effort that I put into reselling is a second full-time job to me. Now the income may not be at a full-time reflective, right? right? Mm -hmm. But the man hours that go behind it are 100% full-time. So Mm -hmm. if you really want to gauge how much effort and how much work you're actually putting into the business, I personally recommend, Lori might disagree. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I totally think that's, I I think you need to write it down. I think you need to see what are you doing and are you wasting time in your day? Like you know, that's just my two cents.
1: No, no, no. I was being totally silly. Like, I I I don't
0: think (laughs) (laughs) I think it's
1: scary to to sometimes think. I I feel like sometimes if I were to write it all down, I might be a little discouraged. Do I say that? Like, I don't know.
0: I think it's fair to say that you'd be discouraged. I mean, I don't I don't think you'd be discouraged, though. I think you put in I think your time is allocated in different areas, which is what discourages you. Mm. Like, you're allocating such amount of time to edit your videos and then to create your video and then to think of content for your videos and then to go on Instagram and do a story and then to list and then to thrift. You know what I mean? Like your time is spread differently than what my time is. And
1: it's, and it's, it's actually, and it's changing too. Like before when right. I was like uh one YouTube video every other week or every three weeks, like in the beginning. And now, now it's more like definitely two a week, three, if I'm ambitious and, um, Yeah. And and it is changing. I have to be more structured with my time and I'm full time now. So I do have a lot of time in the day, but I'm, but I feel like I don't have, and I still don't feel like I have enough hours. So I look at somebody like you who works all day at a demanding job and then you come home and you figure out how to do this podcast and, and get this going. And yeah. No, I, I do think keeping track of your hours is, is just enlightening, if nothing else. You know what I mean? And then yeah. maybe when you see your hours spelled out, like you're, you reevaluate how you're spending your time, just what you said,
0: and yeah. try to
1: allocate it to where it's mo- the most productive for you.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. you know, this episode's coming out on December 30th. So the new year is upon us. 2019 mm-hmm. is leaving. 2020 is coming in. What are your thoughts on 2019, Laurie? Like, how did 2019 go for you? Do you feel like you had some struggles? Do you think things hmm. are changing? Like, what, what sticks out in your head the most? I have, like, about 50 things that I could rattle off, but I don't want to uh, people.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, I think for me um, 2019 was about solidifying the direction I'm going in with reselling personally. You know, Mm -hmm. I started, um, I started reselling in August. So I had like four or five months in 2018. And then going into 2019, I gave my notice at American girl in January. I was also nannying for a little boy who I was absolutely in love with starting in September of August, uh, in September of 2018. Um, and so I had, little baby Alex for the year while I was working at American girl and just kind of like coming up with my vision. And literally while Alex would nap, I would share my closet and um, post items at the beginning of the year. And it just kind of came into focus for me. So in January, I gave my notice at American Girl. So I transitioned from, you know, I left American Girl, I was able to dedicate a lot of time. But even though I was not working at American Girl, I still had Alex, so I wasn't quite full time. But um, and then introduced my channel in February. I mean, 2019, for me was a lot about growth. And now I'm at the point where um, in 2020, I want to scale back the number of items in my inventory. If I'm going to continue to go full on with Poshmark, 1,250 items is just too much in my closet. My dad shares mm-hmm. my closet for me every day. And um, I like I like the daily sales and the fact that my customers have a ton of things to look through. Um, the, I, have, I sell a lot of bundles, but I think where my YouTube time is on the rise and Instagram is something I really want to grow in 2020. I think I need to scale back my inventory a little bit. Not, not, I mean, I think I want to be at a thousand and a thousand really like good pieces, a thousand I'm very comfortable with. Um, so, you know, some people may want to, we'll say, I want to get from 300 to 600 items in my closet. I actually want less items in my closet and I want other streams of, so I want my social media to grow. So yeah. yes, this year was all about growth with um, my numbers in my closet and stuff. And I think in 2020, I want the social media and to grow. I want to do some vlogging and I need to curb a little bit of the the sourcing and the volume.
0: Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat in terms of like growth and change. I feel like even though I always did reselling without realizing it, this was the year where I actually decided, okay, I'm going to actually go out and find items and list them and sell them for a profit and I'm doing it solely for saving purposes and to pay off student loans because mm-hmm. you know a lot of us have those dreaded student loans and they're difficult to pay off no matter how much money you're making at a full-time job so right um and and from there it, it kind of evolved and it turned into like me being a part of a community and me finding my people and Learning from different people and now me changing my mentality to like, okay, well, this is a brand and mm. these are the things that I need to do to build my brand. And just kind of having that switch in, in my mindset about, I'm not just reselling, like this is a business business. And it needs to function like a business. I need to have organizational systems. I need to like, and that's just how my brain works. I'm very mm-hmm, type A. Mm-hmm. You'll learn that about me. Like, that's just who I am. I, are you um, talking to me or the listeners? Right. In both? I've learned that, <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> Lori already knows that about me. <laughs> and I love that about you. I need type um, A people in my life. I am, I'm very, I'm very Capricorn. There's, there's no way around it. But
1: mm.
0: Um. it's just... I feel like I've had this switch where, yes, reselling is a serious thing for me, but so's business. So this is my business, and mm-hmm. I'm going to grow it by building this podcast, by um, maybe starting a YouTube channel. I don't know. Go maybe for it. Maybe it's in my future. Well, maybe you definitely have to be on my channel at some point. Well, yes. Maybe that'll be my debut. Who that, knows? That would but, be great. Like, I see myself doing other things. Like I don't see myself doing courses or like anything like that related to reselling, because I feel mm-hmm. like all this information can be given for free. I don't need to charge anyone to get this information. Yeah. I want to share it willingly and freely mm-hmm. to everyone. Um, As it
1: was shared with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. to say, Hey, I want to help you grow your business. Pay me twenty five ninety nine for 12 courses. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not, it's not who I am. Um, I just want to teach you all the things that I've learned. And then I'm going to learn stuff from you basically is how it's going to be. Um, But yeah, I feel like 2019 was, was good to me. It it was, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what I want, what I think I want to do in the future. Um, And 2020 I think is also going to be a year of growth, but in a different capacity. Like I've done a lot of growing, but I think I'm going to evolve in different ways to then continue to make this business better.
1: Yeah. I, I, guess, I think way to both put it. of us were looking to kind of refine things a little bit in yeah. 2020, you know, yeah. fine, tune what we're doing. Um, let go of some of the things that weren't working for us in our first year um, and kind of move forward.
0: Yeah, and I think having these new connections that we've made, too, over this last year is super helpful because we're seeing what other people are doing and getting their insight on different things and um, just kind of putting our faces out there, too, and learning from everyone yeah. who's willing to talk to us. Because at the end of the day, if you want to talk to us, me and Lori will sit and we will listen and we will talk. Uh, we have no problem talking. <laughs> None <laughs> um, whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, it, it's I'm excited for 2020, but I'm also curious to see how reselling's going to change because I feel like there's a shift right like there's definitely some some shifting happening in like the sourcing world and in the reselling world and I don't want to say like I don't think it's saturated I don't think there's too many of us um well the thing I, about
1: saturation in my opinion is that
0: what I I feel like
1: I've seen is a lot of people come and go and not everybody stays the course I mean correct you know I, I don't I don't know the number of growing. I mean, I I hear a lot from viewers and stuff on YouTube about people starting out. But, you know, I don't know how many people really hang in there um, as opposed to the people who, yeah, maybe they just want to sell their kids clothes and then they're moving on. Or it's like, you know what, this is too much work. I'm just going to donate it. Or maybe they'll drop it off at a consignment store. And then they recoup a little bit of the money, but they're not because it is actually a lot of work. It's actually, it is. I mean, I happen to love it, but it's a lot of work. So um, I think our biggest change is going to come with um, bigger retailers making the switch to second hand. Yes. So,
0: yes. And we've talked about this, but yes. there are so many retailers that now carry either ThreadUp up in their stores. Mm-hmm. Um Thread Up has now this auction thing, bidding that they're doing. Uh Madewell is also joining in and they're gonna be selling whether it's returned items or second hand. I don't I don't really know what the distinction's gonna be there. But so many people so many so many are doing it so many retailers so many because they're seeing
1: the growth in the second hand market and Correct. and retail is shrinking i mean the the, the speed at which secondhand clothing the, the the market is growing is crazy and then you know retailers it's like you walk through a mall it's a ghost town i mean yeah our store american girl closed down we were we were in um they were in natick for 10 years. And we were like devastated. The lease was up and they just didn't renew because they grew so fast over the past Mm -hmm. decade. And it's like one by one, you just see vacant stores at the mall. Even Target is different, a different experience now. Like, yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think that's going to be something I almost like the challenge though, you know, as goodwill prices rise and prices at savers rise. I mean,
0: the bins. But are they really rising, though? Like, here's my thing. Like, I sit back and I can still find really great stuff at really affordable rates. Oh, like, do for we sure. to, do, do we have to change our mentality on it, maybe? Maybe we're just so used to people not going to thrift, thrift stores as frequently. So the prices were lower. But now thrift stores are catching on that people like to buy these certain brands or these brands tend to do better. So they're yep. increasing the price. You know what I mean? Like, is it just we have to change our perspective on it? I don't know. I don't actually I mean sometimes I just laugh when I see prices. You know, if well, I see yeah, like, like a nine West, thirty nine ninety nine. Like yeah. okay. <laughs> sitting next
1: to a pair of Fendi stacked heels that were four dollars. Right, right. Like,
0: right. Real exactly. life. You
1: know, that happened. And and you know, you getting what, your Christian Dior at the bins that at you flipped bins. for Eight hundred dollars. Well, no, eight hundred was your profit. That's wasn't what it?
0: I profit. Yeah, they sold it for four. Sorry, $1. I'm
1: totally sharing your numbers here. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't
0: care. It's fine. And um, that's like that's the one thing that I will share forever because <laughs> it is my best flip and it probably will be my only good flip.
1: <laughs> okay, let's say that one more time. You picked up a vintage Christian Dior at the bins in New
0: Hampshire, not in known New Hampshire for fashion. In New Hampshire, it was in a bin that was picked over, and. I, it caught my eye because it had this really funky floral pattern to it, but it looked and felt super cheap. <laughs> well, don't always judge by what you feel, because when I looked at it, it was said Christian Dior, and it had another name on top. I think it said, like, I, I Imagine or L Imagine or something like that, and it was a collaboration from, like, 1960s. They're in museums. Like, whoever had this clearly bought it in that time period. I and um, probably never wore it, to be quite honest with you, because it was in pristine condition. So when, you know, when I sent it to the Railroad, which we will talk about all the platforms that we sell on in on other episodes yeah, and what we're great. doing. Mm-hmm. Um But, you know, the Railroad obviously knew what it was and I ended up making a really great profit on that. And, you know, and just to be transparent, that money that I made from this last deposit, which included that dress in it. Help me pay off like ninety three percent of my small student loan that I have. So,
1: oh my gosh, yay! Thank you. That is yes. so exciting. So
0: yes, thank exciting. you, New Hampshire bins. For the thank you, New address. Hampshire bins. I appreciate it. Yes,
1: I've had. Yeah, I, I think they're underrated. Like I think I go there. Oh, one hundred percent. Think. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, you know, L it's LL Bean country out here. For anybody it who is. doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, L.L. Bean is in Freeport, Maine. They have outlets in the area. It's a lot of outdoorsy New Hampshire sort of clothing, um, which sells, you know, but it's a different vibe than I'm sure those of you who are listening and you live in Miami or Arizona. I mean,
0: it's just, you know, you're like Arizona. Like I am jealous of all of you in Arizona. Like your, your thrift stores, everything just jealous. Yeah so
1: jealous we'll go there we'll go there someday and
0: someday someday not in the summer <laughs> yes
1: no agreed
0: like um, winter time melt. what's the weather like out there because that's when I'll go
1: <laughs> probably pretty amazing I mean you and I just like scraped ice off of <laughs> yeah,
0: every fun fact. part it's of my driveway <laughs> yes. it is an ice fact out there mm-hmm. um so you know I think we're gonna wrap it up here but we just kind of want to give you a little bit of insight as to like what to look forward and to- for topics in 2020 we definitely want to give you an episode on sourcing sourcing 101 for the beginners out there listening to us and also yep. sourcing ideas tips or things that we're doing for the more advanced resellers um, but even for the beginners so that they can, you know, kind of plant a bug and you can write something down and say, maybe when I get a little better at this and I feel more comfortable with it, this is something I want to do. So we definitely want to talk about that with you guys. We don't want it to be like a basic, like, Hey, go pick out this brand, like this brand sells well. Like we want a deep dive. We really want you yes. to give you content that is useful to you and your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have this really great idea, Lori and I to do like a Q and a, where you guys could ask us questions, or we could go out and ask different community members questions, and have like various Q and A episodes come up. I think it could be really fun.
1: That would be fun,
0: um, and I think it'd be interesting to see what people want to know from other resellers, or want to know from us, or Lori might have questions for me, or I might have questions for Lori. So I think that would be a lot of fun for you guys to to hear. Yeah, we can um, just interview each other on one episode. That would I be know. Fun. Mm-hmm. I, well, we'd have we'd have to break it up into two episodes. True, it'd be like three hours long. <laughs>
1: Very true. Okay. And no one
0: would stick around for we'll that. We'll take turns
1: and keep it to 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll try. I can't guarantee anything, but we'll try. Yeah. Um, part-time versus full-time selling. As you guys know, I'm part-time, theoretically, and Lori's full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of showing you guys the difference and, and the similarities and how we handle how to, you know for laurie how to be a mom and a wife and for me how to be a wife not a not a mom yet but mm-hmm. i am a fur mommy <laughs> Student, you know in, in the future to, to be a mommy to little humans but you know how to balance all that and family time and and the sourcing and all of that stuff that that goes in it and how we keep ourselves not only organized and on task but sane and not burn out because that's yeah. so common in any job not yep. just this any job at all um so this is a really fun topic that Lori's actually gonna take the lead on. Um, <laughs> and it's what to ask your accountant this tax season. But disclaimer, we're not gonna tell you what to do for your taxes. So
1: Right. This so this is
0: not that kind of episode. No, <laughs> nor would you ever want to take tax
1: advice from me ever. Um, <laughs> same. However, I did marry an accountant, which has been really wonderful um for my business. And um I've I've wanted to my husband's name is Jay and I've been wanting to do a YouTube episode with him. And I don't know, like from his work perspective, like how much he can really give like on the Internet. I'm sure there's a lot of things he had to sign off on that said he wouldn't give advice over the Internet. I'm pretty (laughs) sure. But Lori's going to break that rule. guys. (laughs) I'm not a rule follower. No, but we're going to try to find a way around it in like, you know, maybe have Jay on and he can just say, well, Lori, as my wife, this is what I would tell you to do, you know, like things like that. So we'll have to get creative with how we share it. But um, I know taxes are something that, you know, bookkeeping and taxes and what to report and when to report and how to report and all that stuff. Like, it's just, it's something we all have to deal with. Um, and now he's making me pay quarterlies, and like i get really mad at him i'm like you're taking how much money from me he's like <laughs> "lori they're called taxes you have to" like, no i don't <laughs> i don't, don't don't even tell me i say just withdraw i don't even want to know how much you're taking he's like well it's actually a good thing if we have to worry about it, it means you're like actually selling stuff so we are funny um so I think that that would be something, you know, maybe we'll time it out, you know, April 15th ish. Fun fact, Anthony was born on April 14th.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And
1: we, we joke that he was a little tax baby and Jay was like running to, you know, file taxes for family members when I was in the hospital. Oh um, but yeah, so that would be a fun thing to talk about taxes at some point, if anybody's interested in that. And in general, like message us and yes, let us know. Daniela and I went live last Thursday and it was really nice. Uh, we wrote down some of the ideas that people shared with topics they'd like to hear us discuss on our podcast. So definitely, we're, you know, Daniela and I can talk the two of us anytime. So the podcast is definitely meant for listeners. So we want to hear from you and what you know what topics would interest you.
0: Yeah, we want to know what you want to know, and we want to try to deliver the best content that we can. Um, I know people have questions out there about different platforms, and we'll definitely touch on that. Um, we're not experts on all the platforms, but we can give you our opinion and, you know, things that we've experienced. And I don't want you guys to think that the um, topics that you've given us that we're ignoring or, like, you know, we don't um, don't want to talk about them. It's just we need to do some research and, and kind of gather thoughts and stuff before we just put content out there. We want it to be meaningful. So, um, yes. yes, this is fun. This is conversation and we're all sitting down and, you know, having a cup of coffee or whatever. But um, it also needs to have substance and value to add to your business and, and just for your knowledge. So um, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening to our very first podcast. It's so crazy mm-hmm. that, you know, we did this and we're so excited, but we hope you loved it and that you'll join us every Monday. I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's gonna be every Monday don't hold me to it just yet, but I think that's what yeah. we're going to do. Um, but, um, we just can't yeah. wait to discuss all things reselling and business and everything else in between with all of you.
1: Yes. It's been really fun. I'm so happy that we finally got this recorded and we had a little technical difficulty. In the oh beginning we I might even it.
0: leave it in here. Who knows?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you saying, I can't hear you, Lori. No, so it's, it's wonderful. Um, and if anybody has any questions or comments or topic ideas, um, like I discussed earlier, please just email them to us at uh, thriftersvilla at gmail.com. So thrifters, T H I. Wait a second. You, you can't,
0: can't <laughs> spell in your teacher. <laughs> I didn't.
1: Thriftersvilla at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. I am Lori's Boston Found, no apostrophe. So L O R I S Boston Found.
0: And I am and Blush. That's I-V-I-V-Y, the letter N, and then Blush, B-L-U-S-H.
1: Yeah, so message us. And we are so excited. So until next time, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank b- you so much. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.
0: Hey everyone, I hope you loved our first episode, and um, I just want to add something fun at the end, and it's a 20-second recording of Lori and I uh, finally being able to connect on Anchor to record this podcast. Uh, we probably tried four or five times without any success, so what you're going to hear in this clip is Lori and I, full of excitement, <laughs> ready to record, so this is just the real life of Lori and Daniela and who we are. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello. Oh, I can hear you. (laughs) I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Okay. I'm so happy. Finally. That's that's so
0: weird. It must be something with my phone.
1: Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. This sounds great.
0: Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. I'll get started then.